This is the Gambling Gauchos. Welcome into the Gambling Gauchos. I am Rob Bro. He is Kyle Jacobson, the doctor of meme culture for Texas Tech baseball. Um, recording live in the Cardinals Sports Center studio. You can go see him in Plainview or Lubbock or online, mycardsports.com. My, my card sports? My card sports. I think you got it. I think I did. You know, nowadays you can just Google what you're looking for and find the website. So if you don't have yes, it memorized, that's probably a better, yeah. you could just type in Cardinals Lubbock search and you'd find it. You know, Rob. Every time I say it, yeah, go ahead. A lot of folks might have thought, mm, why should I have to gear up if Tech isn't going to host a regional or go very far in the postseason? Might be rethinking that now. So if you still need a Texas Tech baseball jersey, a new hat for some sun protection, something of that nature, nowhere better to go than Cardinals in Lubbock, in Plano, or online. Check them out, and then, you know, or you could get a head start gearing up for football season or anything else. So go check out gear up for the the one-and-one Lubbock Matadors. That's right. Yeah, we'll get into that, the uh, the Lubbock Matadors Revenge Tour. First win in franchise history. Too bad it wasn't at home. They should have beat those yahoos last week. Well, yeah, I mean, I tweeted it. I said, if you listen to our episode with the GM, Dustin McCorkle, you kind of saw that coming because he felt like, yeah, we lost 3-1 in the opener, but we outplayed him for – 80% 80% of the game and just had a couple of lapses. And so to see them go back to the Vaqueros home turf, home pitch, and uh, beat them up real bad is pretty good to see, but not surprising to me. We are recording live during the Mavericks game. The Mavericks are up 38. Mavs and seven, in baby. The, never a doubt. The, the third quarter, two minutes left. Are you taking any kind of live Suns lines? Do you want to? I thought about it. Suns minus 30? (laughs) I was going going to at halftime if there was enough there. Like just in case there was some epic collapse, I could at least get some kickback. But it was like 11 to 1. I didn't think that was that great for being down 30 or whatever it was at halftime. It's like, no, I, I need like plus, you know, 2,500 or something right here. Like, I'm not doing it for 1,100. And the Mavs, uh, Luka Doncic scored as much as the Suns did in the first half. That was pretty amazing. And gifted us with an outstanding new meme format of him staring at Devin Booker and Booker pretending like, I can't see you looking at me. (laughs) And a free throw. We'll add that to to the repertoire. Yeah, that was a great catch by you. Okay, well, let's get into the the heart of it. Um, hard to kind of overstate how big of a series win, series sweep this was for Texas Tech baseball. I feel like we've got a lot to unpack from the last 48 hours um, in Stillwater. And so I could riff for a long time, but I'll maybe let you get your initial thoughts in before I just kind of go off the rails here because I am freaking jacked at how that turned out this weekend. Yeah, and look, if Mason Molina is going to be a one one appearance guy, because he didn't really have it today, I love the the role he's he's getting with Morris and Molina on Friday night. I think that's pretty electric. It won't be a Friday night again, probably, because now you're going Thursday night and then into the Big Twelve. But game one with those two seems pretty pretty. I don't want to see guaranteed, but game one seems like you're pretty much chalking up a win. And then game two, the offense comes alive there in Stillwater. And game three today, you just battled. You just haven't battled like that in a game three this season in Big 12 play. Uh, Something that surprised me, right? Texas Tech's down six and one in Big 12 series. Mm-hmm. Six and one. You had one bad weekend in Fort Worth. If you would have won one game against TCU, one, the season would have looked completely different. Now, you mm-hmm. lost some midweeks that you shouldn't have lost, 
You got swept in a couple midweeks. You had a bad loss in two different ways. But, man, the, the so, Big 12 season has been pretty damn good. And I think that is a huge part of in accounting for the discrepancy right now between the RPI and where a lot of these voting polls and outlets have you. You know, we talked about this year, number eight, number nine, number 12, and some of these top uh, baseball polls. But the RPI was hovering, you know, low 40s going into this weekend. And I think there's kind of a trend across the sport of these mid-majors. I don't want to say manipulating the RPI because that sounds nefarious, but they're pitching their ace on Tuesday night against Texas Tech or Tennessee's or UT's. TCU, whoever, against their fourth, fifth best pitcher. They're winning a game against a a top team, and it boosts their RPI. And it's kind of just – I'm not saying midweek doesn't matter. I think when you're doing things right, you can roll in the midweek. But I think that's why – you. and they showed these graphics today on ESPN+. Plus. So many mid-majors right now are hovering in the 20s or 30s of RPI. I think they've kind of gamed the system here. They're pitching their ace against your number four starter – winning a midweek game, and it counts the same in RPI, but these pollsters are looking at your conference series. You know, when you get a team, best two out of three, um, when everybody's pitching their first, second, and third best starters, and they're weighting that a lot more heavily. And so as we kind of look ahead at the prospects of potentially hosting a regional or where you might wind up, I think you've solidified the RPI to a place now where, you know, you'll, you'll either host or be a two seed, I think. And I'm just not oh, so yeah. worried. I'm just not so worried about it. I think if it, if it was kind of a standard year, and you were RPI 36 behind all these high major teams, that'd be one thing. But I kind of wonder if the RPI is going to be weighed a little bit less because so many mid majors have found a way to game their way into the top 25, top 30 of RPI. When how you're talking about it, like Fairfield last year was RPI two, and they didn't host. Mm-hmm. Like RPI matters if if you're because it's also if you're host worthy and if you put in a bid to host and you still have to win the bid to host and Lubbock for all its uh, right downfalls as a the most boring city in America is an incredible host right you're gonna get four thousand people out there every single game. You're going to have people at games that even don't involve Texas Tech. And it's pretty central. It's called the Hub City for a reason. So I think the NCAA will not force a way to have Texas Tech as a host. But they're not going to, like, say, oh, Texas Tech, uh, I don't know if they – I mean, the resume is almost there. But, no, they're, if Texas Tech's even close, if they're even sniffing it, they'll be hosting. I think so, too. And you look at a team that – you might be competing with for a host spot, Dallas Baptist. They're another one of these teams. They schedule these blue bloods during the midweek. And, you know, they just, they just beat Oklahoma state. They played you twice earlier this season. You beat them both times. And, but they're, you know, mediocre in conference. They're like in a battle right now to even win the Missouri Valley conference or wherever they play. They've lost two out of three this season to teams that you probably didn't know how to baseball team. But, you know, RPI top five. And so, like, the RPI number just doesn't tell the whole story for me. It never has. But no. I just wonder if they're – I don't think they're just going to throw it out the window. But no, I think that's why you can see the RPI at 28 and you'd be a host or something like that. But, but Texas Tech at 52 RPI, right, two weeks ago, is a completely different conversation than 30, yeah, which you're going to be tomorrow. And th- that was another thing that I'm curious how the committee waits is on the broadcast, which was horrible by the way. And we can talk about the commentators if you want. But one thing they did say that I might've learned a little bit from is that the selection committee will look at your last 10 games, how you finish the season. And that matters. You know, if you win 35 games, but you're stumbling down the stretch or you win 35 games because you went nine and one down the stretch that gets weighted very differently. And as we've seen, Texas tech finally uh, got off the skid on the midweek and they've won five out of the last six in Big 12 play. If they finish off two out of three or a sweep against OU, they might be one of those prime candidates to benefit from the last 10 games being weighted a little more heavily than earlier in the season. 
Can I say something crazy? Yes. If Texas Tech sweeps OU, there'll be a national seed. I could see it. Do, do you know why? Because I'll be the Big 12 champion. Mm-hmm. And they will put a Big 12 team as a national seed, and it'll be Texas Tech. RPI be damned. I, I think there's something to that. You know, there's a lot yeah, you, of parity. I mean, you'll be eight probably, but. There's a lot of parity this year in the Big 12, both in terms of RPI and the standings. You know, there's not a lot of separation between number one and number six. And so, yeah, you emerge from that conference as the um, outright champion. And you look around again, like teams you might be competing with, Texas, DBU, Texas A&M. Why would you not get the nod over schools and host sites like that if that were you, the case you swept dbu you beat texas two out of three and then tcu swept you but if you're the outright champion in the big 12 and all these common opponents and you had you you lost one big 12 series right now i think you have to sweep oklahoma for that to happen but i don't see why that's out of the realm of possibility and again if if those final ten games are weighted really heavily, Kansas is going to or excuse me, TCU is going to end with Kansas, which they beat the dog out of them, but it's Kansas, um, right. a not a non conference opponent, while everybody else is playing conference games the final weekend of the season, and then the Big Twelve tournament. So, not a lot of opportunities there to make an impression down the stretch, which is again where if they're kind of deciding between Tech or TCU, I could totally see Tech getting the nod there. Agreed. Okay, let's talk about this series specifically and some of the individual games and moments. And then maybe if there's still more to discuss about postseason outlook, we can. I thought Friday when you won that game, I was thinking to myself, you have two opportunities now, one on Saturday, one on Sunday, to right a lot of wrongs from earlier this season. And you and I have not been nearly as down on this team as – some fans got. Um, I think my patience was tested at times. You know, when like when we lost to New Mexico, I was kind of like, okay, maybe you're not yeah. very good this year. And so I'm thinking to myself, okay, after Friday night's win, you get Birdsell and then shot on Sunday. You haven't been good on Sunday all year, but who knows what can happen. And I was thinking, okay, if you just get one of these last two, uh, you're not going to win the Big 12 championship probably. You would need help from Oklahoma State to do that. But, you know, I would feel like you firmed up your RPI resume a little bit, um, that you kind of made a statement against a good team like Oklahoma State on the road that you can win two out of three and be dangerous in a regional format. And so then to complete the sweep, I feel like erases a lot of that frustration from losing to Grand Canyon both nights, losing to New Mexico, losing to Abilene Christian, not being able to complete the sweep against Kansas. You know, all that all that frustration that was pent up, not saying it's all erased because you still feel like you left some meat on the bone and that you could have already locked up, you know, at least a share of the Big 12 title or something like that. But you erased a lot of wrongs by winning three out of three this weekend against a really good Oklahoma State team. Man, I, I, I agree to some extent that you certainly erased the TCU loss. But if you're hosting and you're not a national seed and you've won the Big 12 and you move forward, I still think that Grand Canyon and the New Mexico, I, I, I mean, you're better than those teams. I don't know if it erases it, but it certainly knocks the taste out of your mouth. And I will agree to that point. And I, I was looking back at this one, I, too. That This is the yeah. second game of the season when Birdsell pitches a gym and you lose 2-1 to one to Auburn, who is probably yeah. going to host. And it's right. like – Man, you know, yeah, that sure that game was in February, but when you play fifty games, it's easy to go back and look. You know, if we had those three, if we had taken one against yeah. Grand Canyon, not lost to New Mexico, and beaten Auburn, you know, who knows where you'd be what as far as RPI. What if the ball doesn't get if you if the ball yeah. doesn't get reversed? Because mm-hmm. then you're like, all you have to do is win the series against Oklahoma. You don't have to sweep to guarantee anything. Yeah, and you you win one game against OU, and you get a share of the title. So. But but I, I – look, it was awesome to get the sweep. The sweep was incredible. But today literally didn't matter, I think, for a lot of the goals you have. 
Because I still think you could win this series and then win the next series against Oklahoma and be in the conversation to host. I think you get that respect. But you forced the issue here after sweeping. And I think it just gives the team confidence moving forward. Like, forget hosting. Okay. Forget, forget, like, everything else. Beckel, Beckel, Becker uh, got confidence, right, from seeing everyone else do well and come out and throws his fastball, spots his curveball a couple of times. Uh, Divine looked pretty comfortable. But winning Friday night, how you won, I think boosted your team. And the sweep should move forward and let you take that momentum further. 1,000%. And that was probably my biggest overall takeaway. And I said this several weeks ago. I think this was around the time. Yeah, it, it was coming off the sweep against CCU, you'd already lost that series to Grand Canyon. And that was kind of when a lot of people were pressing the panic button. Yeah. And, and what I was sensing watching that TCU series, yeah, you lost all three games. I didn't get bad body language vibes from the team that weekend. And I said as much on this podcast, I was like, you know, they didn't look like they lost their confidence. They didn't look like they were down or had bad attitudes or anything like that. And I think that showed again this weekend, like in game one, when Parker Kelly charges and makes that barehand play, throws it across Incredible. the diamond. Like, if he airmails that two-run score and Oklahoma State has a runner on second with the inning still going, probably win that game. Yes. Um, Derek Bridges over troubled water. He comes in with the bases juiced and no outs. Gets you through it relatively unscathed. He gave up one run on kind of a strange play by Easton Morrell. It's kind of like the weirdest sack fly I've ever seen. Um, game two, that Nordic freak hits another bomb to tie it at one. And then the very next half inning, Hudson White, yeah. a, true, a true freshman, says right back at you, gets a solo shot of his own. That kicks off a seven spot in that inning. Owen Washburn, Grand Slam. You know, both those guys, true freshmen, they completely showed out this weekend. Um, and when he hit it, you know, they've got pictures on Texas Tech Baseball's Twitter account. He hits it. He knows it's gone. He's looking at the Tech dugout like – I'm just here to handle my business. He's not like, oh, my God, I can't believe I hit that grand slam. Like, it yeah. never looked like they're out of place there or I can't believe we're winning this game. Um, Brandon Birdzill, he showed some fire on the mound. A lot of tech pitchers did, you know, during key moments. I love that. Dylan Carter got himself on base uh, multiple times and kind of extended some of those innings where you were able to put some runs on the board. Stillwell, I think, probably had his best overall series at the plate in Big 12 play. And I don't know about he is hot right now. I don't know about you. Chase Hampton did not look phased out there to me. Like, oh shit, here we go again on Sunday. Like, if the weight of this season and some of that chatter from the fan base and all that was weighing on these guys, they did not let it show at all. It was like, I mean, I looked around, I I see a team that hadn't heard a single word of that noise based on how they performed. Um they can't win on the road. They can't win on Sunday. Yeah. They can't beat top-tier opponents. None of that. Like, someone forgot to tell these guys because this weekend they proved all of that wrong. So, in their rough stretch, I just thought they were pressing at the plate. Um, I thought they got a little overextended at times and just weren't putting good at-bats together. Against Baylor, uh, especially in game one and two, I just thought they were a lot more patient. And with Chase Hampton, you remember when he was sick? Yeah. I think he was still, like, recovering for two or three weeks. Because he looked fine. He just didn't ever look like he had a lot of gas in the tank. Uh, and he certainly looked rested this week. Well, and, 10 days off, maybe that's what you need. And the emotion goes both ways. Like, I remember the West Virginia start, probably its worst start of the year. You know, it just kind of built and built, and he was getting more and more frustrated, and then he just misses more spots, and it kind of snowballs out of control. Whereas right. today, he kept kind of matching that emotion with good pitches, getting outs, and that also kind of built on itself. So he might be just one of those guys that's completely hit or miss, but I loved the fire today, and he was impressive last year as a freshman. That's why he got the start in game one against Stanford in the Super Regional. You know, there was a lot of trust in him from – Coach Tadlock. And so uh, I think you finally have some answers as far as this is our lineup, this is our rotation. It's super late in the season to kind of arrive at that final conclusion. 
But right. I think Ch- Chase Hampton has earned that Sunday starter spot. I think Dylan Carter's your center fielder every day now. And, you know, the bullpen, we'll see how that shakes out. I think a lot of guys sort of stepped up this weekend. And yeah. sure, it is only one weekend after a couple months of the bullpen making you sort of nervous. But Well, it wasn't, it wasn't good Friday, but you won. It was good enough. No, it wasn't. <laughs> a wild You're in the pitch win. Won you the game. A wild pitch won you the game. <laughs> Good enough, man. You're in the win yeah. column. But I, uh, I, when I thought Mason Molina was really good, I, I thought Mason Molina would throw uh, more innings. I think they were saving him for today. You need it in the rest of the weekend. But then Bridges pitches two, two appearances. Um, I didn't expect that either. So. Yes, the bullpen was much better, especially today, even with the struggles, getting out of jams. And you didn't ever you didn't ever lose control of the game. And you've lost control of a few games this year. I'll say this as well. Part of the problem on Sunday, I have never liked the idea of putting it all on pitching or the bullpen because inexplicably, Sunday has been the day where you traditionally don't get the run support you need either. Right. You know, some of those Sunday losses were six to four or something like that, where the pitching wasn't great, but it wasn't, you know, keeping you out of the game. Right. And, you know, it, it's the little things, but Jace Young was struggling going back before this 10 day break that you alluded to. And he hits a solo shot in the top of the first, nothing earth shattering, but makes it one zero. And I feel like that just helps set up Chase Hampton for success. Yes. And then they built on that, you know, when Chase Hampton exited, I think it was five to one. And so he sort of had that cushion the entire time he was out there. I think that probably did a lot for his confidence. And so I think you need to see a lot of that moving forward. It's not just a pitching issue on Sunday. You know, let's get some runs on the board in the first half of the ball game to help out whoever the starting pitcher is and then put the bullpen in a position where they can hang on down the stretch. Yeah, you'll have to confirm this one for me, but I I think it's better if you have more runs than the other team. Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. Seems, Seems that way. All right. Um. A couple more takeaways as far as this series and then moving forward. Games one and two, you got in the win column without much in the way of help at the plate from, I think, your two best hitters, Easton Morrell and Jace Young. Um, Jace Young, of course, came alive a little bit game three. But if those two come alive in the postseason and you get one of or both of Trendon Parrish and Brendan Gurton back in the bullpen, and Chase Hampton pitches like he did today, Mm -hmm. this team starts to look a lot like what we've grown accustomed to, Omaha, right there on your hat. Um, That team that, you know, we kind of talked about them in previous weeks as nobody wants to see them as the two seed in their region. Now you've put yourself in a good position to host, and this looks like a team that, it's going to be a damn tough out in June, just like we've gotten accustomed to over nearly the past decade. Yeah, I, I look, I didn't do any of it. All right, I'm not on the team. Um, I'm not going to say we. Okay, I'm a, I'm a media member. I, I know my job. I know my place. Okay, Texas Tech though uh, is going to host a regional. They're going to host a regional. They're going to take care of business in Lubbock. They always do. They're going to win a seventh Big 12 series with only one loss to TCU. And if you understand how baseball works, right, that means you're seven and one. Pretty damn good. And that also means that you have a chance to win a super if you can get through a regional, I think with Derek Bridges and Chase Hampton and Mason Molina stepping up this weekend and Andrew Devine, I mean, what the hell? Andrew Devine throwing strikes out of the bullpen, dude. Divine intervention, um, baby. Divine intervention. Uh, and, you know, getting timely wild pitches to get guys into pickles. So Just like we drew it up. I, I, I think you're just deep enough, man, to get through a regional. And I think with the way that Omaha shakes out, this team can absolutely win in Omaha because of gaps and spaces and 
you really just need two great pitchers. How did Vanderbilt do it? Jack Leiter and Kumar Rocker. So I'm I'm really excited, but I still think you have to be in Lubbock to win a regional. I really do. But that puts a lot of confidence. That that series win in Stillwater puts a lot of confidence in the baseball team that they've figured some things out. Absolutely. And I mean And a series win in Baylor. And we were talking about kind of the path forward out of a regional because I think everybody kind of agrees this team is actually better suited for a best of three super regional format. We were talking about the path out of a regional as a two seed and that you'd feel confident if you could win game one, birds all going against whoever the top seed in the region is, that you'd have a shot. But if you flip that and you're hosting a regional and you get Andrew Morris against a four seed and then birds all against the winner of the two, three seed in the region, Nothing is guaranteed, but you have been so successful when hosting a regional, like getting to that all-important 2-0 and mark that right. for all your struggles in Game 3 or Sunday, whatever you want to call it, by then it'd be your third best pitcher against the opponent's fourth best pitcher. And if you lose that, you then get the opponent's fifth best pitcher. And so I'm looking at it now thinking, yeah, it's no guarantee, but you're in a good spot to get to 2-0 and in a regional. And I know there's numbers out there on that. It's something like... 80% or so advance once they get to 2-0. and right. And then you get to a super, and it's hard to think that you don't, at a minimum, get to a game three when you have Morris and Birdsell pitching games one and two. So I'm, I hope you can get there as far as being a host. I think that's on the table for you, absolutely. Uh, you win two out of three against OU. I think that – I think you've achieved that. Um, we'll see how it, how it unfolds. But um, – Let's talk about the commentators real quick, and then I'll, I'll talk kind of Big 12 outlook a little bit. Um, I'll let you riff for a little bit because you're actually – you call games for a living, not at the college yeah. level, but uh, I think I it was pretty – college games, by the way, okay. NCAA uh, broadcaster. Okay, well, even better then. You're even more qualified than I thought to, to comment on yeah. the commentators. But uh, what did you think, Rob? Okay, so I've I've been in Tom Holiday's spot. Okay, guest guest commentating for LCU. All right, I went to LCU. I was not a former head coach of LCU, but I'm an LCU chaparral. Okay, was your, was your son the coach at LCU when you were calling that? No, nope, no. Nope, but <laughs> I know Nathan Blackwood very well. Follows me on Twitter. So I'm calling LCU games in the same similar vein. I'm I'm on the little website. All right, that people can buy into like ESPN Plus and watch games nationally. So I'm calling it for both teams, but I'm a home broadcaster calling the LCU game. Do you know how many times I said we? How many? Zero times. Do you know how many times I talked about LCU needing to do things because I wanted LCU to win the game? Zero times. And look, I have no problem. I have no problem with Homer officials if I'm watching a home broadcast. But the ESPN Plus network is not a home broadcast. A lot of people were upset when John Harris and Gus didn't go nutso when Kurt Wilson hit his grand slam to beat Texas. Well, you know, they weren't supposed to. Right? John Morris, the best broadcast of the year, I think, in my opinion, for Baylor – was because they were so down the middle. Even when they were whipping Baylor for two games, John Morris was keeping it down the middle because he's a professional. Tom Holiday's not a professional broadcaster. He's just on Yahoo, who used to coach the game and thinks he knows more than everybody else, and blatantly wanted Texas Tech to screw up, wanted the weather today to roll through because he wanted the game to end because he's so sick of losing to Texas Tech. He was praying for tornadoes, man. It was unreal. You know, uh, announcers tease themselves sometimes about the announcer jinx. You know, when a guy trots out there for a field goal and they're like, he hasn't missed in his oh, last yeah. 20 tries. And then he misses. They're like, oh, that was kind of our fault. They were like, not so subtly. Yeah, they were like, you know, Brandon Birdsell never hangs a curveball against a power hitter. You know, hopefully he doesn't do yeah. that here. It's just like over and over right. with comments like that. Or this one pissed me off. I almost tweeted something I shouldn't have. But um, at the end of the at the end of game three, when um, Becker Beckers can't be choosers, was making a play. He just slips. Like, that happens sometimes. Yes. And then, he's like, not an be- athlete. before the next play, he's like, obviously, you don't have a very athletic guy on the mound, so maybe you lay down a bunt. I'm like, oh, he's not an athlete because he slipped on the grass. 
Yeah. And by the way, he almost made that throw from his rear end, which is pretty athletic. Right. And he missed him by half a step. I was like, shut the hell up, dude. Like, you're a 60-year-old man. You're not supposed to be up there degrading the athletes on the on the field for not being athletic enough or something. Especially through all these fluke hits they were getting at the end of the game yeah, anyways. Especially an athlete who plays on the team that is about to sweep in this series. It was horrible. Right. And, and I get it. Like, yeah, b- balls and strikes, that's part of the game. It's worth a comment every time. Or n- not every time, but every now and then. But I swear, every pitch he didn't like, is like, oh, you know, that was – that was a ball. Oh, it was so blatant. It was just. And he like, loved it. Shut he loved up. it on the Texas. He loved it when Texas Tech was batting. Well, yeah, he He's said like, something. Oh, that definitely, it caught the front edge of the plate, but didn't end in the zone. It's like, he oh, said, that's what happened the whole time when Oklahoma State was batting, you douche. He said something in like the bottom of the eighth or the top of the ninth. It must have been the top of the ninth when the zone, I guess, was pretty small. And it had been small all game. Yes. But. He was like, you know, hey, if, if the ump's going to call it that way, then Oklahoma State should just be patient at the plate. And I was like, he has been calling it like that all game. Like, do you not remember the sequence where Chase Hampton struck out the Nordic Viking twice you in had- one at bat and then struck out the next guy and didn't get the call? And so then he oh had to strike out gosh. a third guy just to get the third out of the inning? Like, Is were you a, not a wonder- awake during that? Moron. Oh, my gosh. He was so mad uh, Saturday, too. Saturday night. I could tell. <laughs> He said, this was funny too. I, I forgot who tweeted this. I wish I could give them credit. But on Friday night on that wild pitch where you won the game, he had commented earlier in the inning. He was like, you know, if one gets five or six feet away, you got to be aggressive and go. And that wild pitch gets six or seven feet away from the catcher. The yeah. guy goes, he goes, well, that was a little too aggressive. Right. <laughs> you, had you been the coach, you would have been coaching him to go. Like you just said that. He and then he goes, him, yeah. and gets in a rundown and you're like, oh, that was a little too aggressive there. Shut up. It was horrible. Oh, my gosh. And, and again, yeah, on ESPN Plus, it's, it's a hometown broadcast crew. But our guys, like you said, Gus and Harris, they play it down the middle a lot better than some of the stuff we've heard. And, like, yeah. there's, a, there's a happy medium there. Like, you can be a hometown crew and kind of it's obvious where your bias lies, but it not be overdone. And these two yeah. jokers were just terrible. They also didn't know anything about Texas Tech. Like, they had done zero homework. And at least be knowledgeable. Like, that's why they have you there. Because you're supposed to know the conference. Right. And they knew nothing about Texas Tech coming in. So, it's just like. He said something else. Again, it was just, like, insulting. Um, It was about. uh, He didn't like that the pitcher went right at Jace Young. He was like, he basically said something to the effect of, "You can pitch around him because there's no, there's nobody good in front of him or behind him." I was like, the the guy in front of him hit a grand slam that won Game Two, and the guy behind him strikes out less than anybody in the Big Twelve. Like, yeah, our cleanup hitter is not a big power hitter. He gets on base more than his batting average is over three hundred, and he doesn't strike out. And so to just be like, oh, well, you don't have to pitch to Jason Young because there's nobody in front of him or behind him. You know, you can just plan around that and pitch around him. It's like, shut the hell up, dude. Again, we are sweeping your ass right now. Quit talking down on every player on our roster. Okay, I'm going to comment on that too because my, my, my pastor at church today, he said, I don't play for the Mavs. I don't coach the Mavs. But if the Mavs win, I'll be yelling in my living room celebrating like I did win the game. And so he said it is we in sports, even though, yeah, we have nothing to do with it. But we're there for the highs and lows. And so right. we is just one syllable. Texas Tech is multiple. So hey, we us are, man. We us are, baby. We us are four and eight. Um okay, so Big Twelve. <laughs> you like that? We us yeah. are four and eight. Do you smell that? No, I'm not at your house. So it smells like Rohinio barbecue. Hey oh. Blow through the whole episode with no ad rates. <laughs> well, go for it. Yeah. You can get a Rodeo barbecue Thursday through Saturday, first come, first serve. Uh, out in Olton, Texas, the beautiful metropolis of Olton, Texas. Hey, did you hear about some expansion plans in the works? I heard there was some buzz there. They were uh, mulling that around on Twitter the other day. Uh, I hope they. We're not talking Pac 12 expansion, little... right? No, 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 no. No, nobody likes that except you. Talking something but much everyone better would here. Like expansion of old. Oh yeah. To, uh, maybe toward Lubbock. I don't know. I'm just uh, speculating there, but I hope so. Uh, Rojino barbecue. So good. 
Bob, how do I make okay. sure I get my order before they run out? Yeah, you can order same day online before 9 a.m. and guarantee you get your order. You just got to go pick it up. What did you eat for dinner tonight, Rob? I made some uh, uh, green chili sausages and peppers and onions this morning. Ooh. Double dipped for the dinner. Okay. Leftovers. I saw that some on Twitter spinach for lunch. Artich- spinach, spinach and artichoke dip gotcha. as well, which is so good. This is Get to Know the Gauchos. Brought to you by Diversified Lenders, diversifiedlenders.com. I cooked a Kyle Jacobson specialty. It's like something you would find on the menu at Orlando's. I call it spicy spaghetti. It's just your typical, you know, ground beef marinara sauce. But I add a little bit of hot rotel in a can. So you got some fire roasted tomatoes, green chilies, jalapenos in there. It's pretty, pretty, pretty good, if you ask me. Yeah. So that's what I had. Nice. And for whatever reason, when I make spaghetti, I make a giant pot. And so I'll have spaghetti for the next like three days. It's not like a one or yeah. two serving deal. I don't. Uh, anyway. Can never get oh. that right. Do you ever eat cold spaghetti just out of the fridge? No, can't do it. Do you mix your sauce into the noodles? Yeah. Or do you keep them separate? No, I mix. Okay. You don't eat cold spaghetti? No. I, I'm not a good cold not a leftovers cold food guy. guy? No, it's got to be hot. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, hey, can I ask you a question? Yeah, man. Every time we go to the ninth in a tight game, you tweet who pitches the ninth. Is that a bit or like what is that? It's only the second time I've done it. Uh, you have a closer, man. And I didn't – I just – it was kind of a thing, man. You're just pointing out when that we don't, baseball, we don't have a closer. We don't have a go-to yeah. guy for the ninth. Okay. No, it's a bit. It's a bit that I've done just with my dad for <laughs> – forever just like when we're sitting around like oh who pitched the ninth just just a baseball thing but yesterday when i did it i got fine comments because no one knew who was pitching the ninth. but today you opened my mother up to disgusting comments from random people i i can't take responsibility for that you you brought her into it (laughs) i said your mom that's a mild you know, who pitches the ninth? Your mom. And then someone made a d- dirty joke about it. Yeah, I can't take responsibility for what other people tweet. And then, some, and then uh, speaking of diversified lenders, Cole's like the joke. And then yep. uh, old Choice Woodman's like, no, who's on first? Shut up, Choice. <laughs> I got ratioed twice on one tweet. So <laughs> I, you. well, I responded, I kind of ratioed you after or game one, game two, I can't remember when I said bring in Kurt Wilson for the ninth, or I responded with a gif of Kurt Wilson. Yeah, that, that was got, funny. That got a lot of action. I thought your mom was funny, too. It was, it was a very mild PG joke, was, and then somebody it else took it way until, too far. But that's not on me. Somebody else made a sex joke. That's not on me. All right. Um, Speaking of your mom. Mavs, Mavs go final 123 to 90. Let's go! So 130 would not have covered. Yeah, they covered 33. I wonder if some joker went to one of these sports books and was like, hey, can I tease it up to Mavs minus 32 and a half for like plus 5,000? And if somebody gave that to him. Well, Boban's fighting somebody. Are you serious? <laughs> they were all in the back. <laughs> was, it, was it Chris Paul's wife? Yeah, I think so. He's trying to hug her. Did she have hands put on her? It was an unwanted hug. That was the most vague description of an altercation. I was like, you have to ban these fans for life. She had hands put on her. I was like, did somebody like give her a high five or did somebody punch her? So I was I think we could probably get that a guy on the pod. Are you serious? (laughs) You know him? I know someone who's uh, family with him. You think he's like being advised not to talk? Allegedly. I don't know, maybe we can Allegedly, get him on. Maybe get him on for the next pod. That'd be a great um, interview for our pa- for our Patreon account for paid yeah. subscribers only. Yeah. Which, if you're not, hey, so this. Go ahead. No, well, no, please. No, no, I want you to talk. I was gonna say, we're uh, or not we. Texas Tech baseball is undefeated since we launched a Patreon. We are undefeated, dude. The magical Discord server, kind of called game two to a T 
we were like, it'd be a shame if you put up a seven spot right here, and then they put up a seven spot and won game two. So kind of some magical stuff going on in the Discord chat, which you can only be part of if you're a paid subscriber on Patreon. We call those Parlay Picadors. $5 a month. Have a new interview coming your way. I think this week kind of depends on some scheduling arrangements. If you missed our one with Fardaz Amak, he talked a lot about how NIL is changing the collegiate game, his NBA draft hopes, what brought him to Texas Tech, all that good stuff. So you'll have access to that as soon as you join. And you'll have access to all of our other interviews moving forward, access to the Discord server, and early access to our two weekly podcasts that we'll still create every week and send out to the public. So check us out on Patreon if you're not there already. We'll try to do two exclusive interviews a month. Yeah. I think that's what we've talked about. So, All right. What else did you have before I so rudely interrupted you? Well, I was just going back to this guy uh, saying disgusting things about my mother, my, my wonderful saintly mother. Mm-hmm. Let's just say I see this guy on the street. Okay. Things go south, right? Mm-hmm. Who, sh- who should I call? Allegedly. Allegedly. I would call our friends over at Arnett, Howard, and Williams if I were you. Law firm started by three Texas Tech grads, so you know you can trust them. I think – I don't want to be speaking out of turn here. I think that they are all double graduates of Texas Tech. So, like, they did undergrad and law school at Tech, so you know they're pretty sharp. Arnett, Howard, and Williams, they're officed in Fort Worth. They do cases all across the state of Texas. So, yeah, you come across a guy who – made a your mom joke on Twitter and you allegedly beat him up, you know who to call. They're also one of the only law firms in Texas that is certified for Title IX student representation. They've defended students, including scholarship athletes in Title IX litigation at all of the major universities in Texas. Barnett Howard and Williams also handles catastrophic injury cases like that poor SOB who made that comment about your mom, allegedly. Across the state and for listeners in the Fort Worth area, they handle criminal defense and family law matters. The BHW Law Firm hopes you never need them, but they are here if you do. Find out more about Barnett, Howard, and Williams by visiting their website, bhwlawfirm.com. Speaking of your mom, Rob, the Big 12 title race has come into focus. I just want to break that down for our listeners. Okay. We'll have a little bit of a preview of Oklahoma later this week, but it's pretty clear cut right now. Okay, you have seven losses TCU is done with their Big 12 slate. They have eight losses. Oklahoma State still has a series against Baylor. They have eight losses. So if you go 3-0, no matter what happens around the conference, you are outright Big 12 conference champs. If you go 2-1, you will share the conference title with TCU. There's no tiebreaker. So even though they swept you, if you finish with eight losses like TCU, you'll be co-champs with them. Oklahoma State could make it a three-way tie for first place if they – go 3-0 and against Baylor. And if you go 1-2 and or worse, you will not get a share of the Big 12 title. So it, you could be in a case where on Sunday you're kind of playing with house money. It's all just about outright versus partial share. Or if you right. drop, drop one Friday or Saturday, then you're playing for a share of the title on Sunday. And I also think if you drop an early one, you're playing for hosting purposes. I think so. I, I think Sunday. before the Oklahoma State series, we kind of thought five out of six was the number to feel good about hosting. So, yeah, yeah. if you kind of have a, an unfortunate turn of events here and only get one or, God forbid, none out of three next weekend against OU, and it's a Thursday through Saturday series, so I use the term weekend a little bit loosely there. Right. Um, that would be not so great. I feel like you would be kind of knocking on the doorstep there and then falling just short, but – yeah, two out of three is essentially what you need to, I think, lock up a regional and a, a share of the Big 12 title. Uh, this was asked to us on Twitter, Rob, and I'm curious your thoughts. If I could guarantee you two and one right now or roll the dice, what are you taking next weekend? I'd roll the dice for the outright championship. And because I think if you can go 3-0, and you're also in the mix for a national seed. I... On, on these types of questions, as long as they're framed properly, I almost always lean towards rolling the dice. Yeah. This is probably the closest hypothetical where I'm like, you know what? 
Big 12 champs, even if it's co-champs and regional host, even if it's not a national seed, if you've got that in hand, it's hard to turn down. But it's just not in my nature. So I, I, I feel confident enough that you'll get two out of three rolling the dice. And I wouldn't want to lose the opportunity to... Because if you do sweep, not only are you outright champs, maybe a national seed, like you're saying, it's hard to, hard to overstate how much momentum that gives you, and that counts for something as well heading into the postseason. So it's really hard to turn down the two-in-one guarantee if that was offered to me, but I just barely am going to lean toward rolling the dice. Yeah, agreed. Where's the Stars game on? Uh, I don't know. I'm not much of a hockey fan. Well, I turned it over to TBS, and it's uh, the Rangers went on to overtime with the Pittsburgh Penguins. Rangers won. But uh, Stars are supposed to start at 8.30, and I have not uh, seen them. Yeah, I'm not a big hockey guy. Um, I am a big soccer guy, though, and there was some soccer development this weekend. There was. We had. I just like your, playoff hockey. That's fair. That's fair. I think, what was it, like six out of eight? First round series in the NHL went to a game seven. Awesome. That's pretty cool. Chuck's, we had Chuck's Matt. We had Lubbock Matadors GM Dustin McCorkle on the show last week. And he was talking to us about the historic home opener, the debut of the Lubbock Matadors, and they came up short against the Fort Worth Vaqueros. They lost three one. They scored the first goal in that game. And he said, you know, we eight minutes in. Yeah, eight oh six. And he said, you know, I thought we outplayed him for 85% of that game. We just had a couple of defensive lapses, and they took advantage, and they scored three goals. And he also reiterated, he said, you know, we still have guys on the way. Like, we don't have our whole roster yet. And right. so he kind of – he just sounded confident about the return trip to Fort Worth this weekend. And sure enough, you beat the dog out of them, 3-0 Matadors. So they now have a positive goal differential on the season. And they come home next weekend with a chance to earn their first winning streak in Lubbock Matador's history. Well, you win one, that's a win. You win two, that's two in a row. You win three, you know what that is. That's a winning streak. I count two as a winning streak. I, I, I understand the reference, but yeah, I'm going to call that a streak. Was that a good Lou Brown? That's pretty good. Hey, by the way, I know that yeah. Big Game Boomer named you the most sensitive Red Raider. Yeah. But when I hit you with the sick reference bro gif, it's not like a it's not a shot. Well, you didn't know the Buffalo Lake song. No, I didn't, but you like kind of got real mad. You're like, just because you don't understand the reference doesn't mean that. Like, no. I was like, you I was just that way. <laughs> I was just hitting you with a gif, Rob. Like sick reference, Whoa. bro. Your references are insane. See, that's Everyone me and you that. talking past each other on Twitter again. I just said just because you don't understand. That's all I said. Like I wasn't like mad about a little, it. A little bit condescending when all I did was hit you with like a funny gif. That's kind of like an ongoing inside joke between the two of us. It wasn't funny. By the way, the, By the, the way, the bottom text thing, I don't get. And I don't think it's funny, but you love it. <laughs> so I'm not gonna <laughs> I'm not gonna it's get funny. mad. It's funny. It's like uh, you messaged me like this is funnier than seven lines. <laughs> yeah, God, dude, I don't get it. <laughs> so I did it. Oh, uh, who did I do it with earlier in the series? It was Hampton on Sunday. Yeah. Oh, it was Washburn because he Kurt hit the Grand Wilson? Slam. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Owen Washburn. So this is like Owen Washburn just destroyed your poverty program. Bottom text. Yeah. It's funny because it's like you're trying so hard to own somebody. <laughs> And then you just leave it and it says bottom text. Doesn't say anything clever or and there's yeah. always somebody, whether it's another tech fan who's like on your side or a yeah. fan of the team that you're memeing, they're like, hey idiot, you forgot the bottom text. It's like, no, that's right. that's the joke. This one um, guy, I, th I think it was OU. He like did not believe me. He was like, sure, you're just saying that now that you got called out. I was like, right. no, I promise. OU basketball. I promise that's yeah. the joke. And then oh, the, man. I sent him like other examples of that meme format that just says bottom text right. he was like no you're just trying to like cope and I'm like, okay trying to cope so you don't like the bottom text meme that's fine will you will you explain by the way 
the Nolan Ryan meme. I, I didn't quite understand. Yeah, that l- one. let me break this down for you. So back okay. in back in the day, Nolan Ryan, Texas Rangers, yeah. great, is pitching against a guy named Robin Ventura of the Chicago uh-huh. White Sox. And where um, did he go to college? Oklahoma State. Okay. Nolan Ryan bean beans him. Ventura gets mad, gets a little too big for his britches, charges the mound. Right. In one fell swoop, Nolan Ryan has him in a headlock and just, mm, 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 mm. And so Ventura got more, he bit off more than he could chew there. He got more than he bargained for. So fast forward several years, Robin Ventura is now a graduate assistant for Oklahoma State. And so since that was your opponent this weekend, that fight between Nolan Ryan and Robin Ventura was kind of emblematic of Texas Tech being the superior team in the series. And so you put Oklahoma State's logo over Robin Ventura's head. You put Texas right. Tech's logo over Nolan Ryan's head. And it's kind of like a, a metaphor of sorts. So He's a grad assistant and not uh, and not a volunteer coach. He's a grad assistant. He like goes to class there. Do you know pretty soon they're going to do unlimited coaching budgets and so play basketball for baseball? Like an alternate version of that same meme, you could have like Rugnet Odor punching right. Jose Bautista. And that's same in the same vein, right? Like it's a fight that you're winning. But right. Jose Bautista didn't go to Oklahoma State. And so that's just kind of like a level below the types of memes that we were putting out. So it's like a really top-notch meme because Robin Ventura went to Oklahoma State and currently coaches right. at Oklahoma State. So I put up that Rugnado Door GIF Friday night. Yeah. And then other people were doing it Saturday and Sunday. Should I tell them I did it first or should I just let them get away with plagiarism? You do it subtly. You don't like call them out and say, hey, nice plagiarism. So I shouldn't like screenshot my gift from Friday and. No, hang on. You need to do it subtly. Okay. You ever read like Dale Carnegie or something? You know, you know how to win friends and influence people. Right. You, you do that. You either quote tweet yourself or screenshot it and say something cutesy, like great minds think alike. And that sounds okay. like a compliment, but it's really like a, hey, I did this first. Just FYI. Yeah. And hey, if you want to be powered by gambling gauchos, then it's not. You read any books lately, Kyle? Um, yeah. Um, you ever read this one? Yeah, that was upside down there. Atomic Habits. Atomic Habits. No, it's a good one. Not read that one. You a book would, guy? Yeah, I would tell you what books I've read, but they might kind of out some of my political leanings in a way that I don't want to be misconstrued. And people are so sensitive nowadays. Yeah. So. What are you reading, like 1984 or something? Um, I own that book, yeah, and Animal Farm. That, uh, that analogy is a little bit overdone for me. Like an observant person probably would have been like, oh, this is Orwellian back in like 2018. But by now it's kind of like, okay, yeah, great understanding. of. So, yeah, I don't like to make 1984 references. But there's definitely some like Animal Farm type shenanigans going on in the world. Absolutely. Concrete jungle. Where dreams are made of? Yeah. Um, Did I just get overly political? Recommendations? Should I have not done that? Should we start doing... Should we start... No, I love Animal Farm. Should we start doing uh, book re- book uh, recommendations? You know, I was actually thinking that or like music recommendations. Like if you just stumble yeah. across a good band week. or album or something. Yeah. Because I'm bad at uh, searching for new music. And so I just kind of listen to the same stuff over and over, which I like. But then right. like five years after Chris Stapleton becomes famous, I'm like, hey, have you guys heard this Chris Stapleton guy? He's pretty good. Yeah. So I need to be more on top of that. It's going for you. Oh, I forgot her name. Caitlin Butts, maybe? Blood? It's good. good song. Okay. Is it a cover Caitlin of Butts. Blood by the Middle East? I don't know that I know that one off the top of my head. Is the first line of the song, older brother, restless soul, lie down? I don't believe that's the same song, though. And lie for a while with your ear against the earth? I don't think that's it, no. Okay. All right. There's a good song called Blood by the Middle East. 
Okay. It's about like uh, stages of, kind of life. One upper girl. I'm not trying to be a one upper. I'm just. <laughs> it's a good song. I, you got me thinking. Yeah. Uh, it's about like the stages of of life, and so the the first stanza of the song is about boyhood and, and a boy and a sister, and then it's about a husband and wife, and then about a an elderly couple, and you know, kind of the trials and tribulations of each phase of life. Marvelous. It's a little bit um, apathetic, but in in like a moving way. Yeah. Should we also give a a good local restaurant because this is kind of turning into fireside chats here. <laughs> Yeah, we could. Um, yeah, I, I I want you to um, expand on that though about being a one upper. Can you give me some other instances of times you felt like I've done that so I can try to improve my no. behavior? I, no, I just meant uh, that I had a song named Blood. <laughs> you got to give your own. Is all I was saying. <laughs> I don't think you're a one upper, Kyle. Okay. I do know the stars are up one to nothing though. Ew, let's hope the stars one up whoever the heck they're playing. In the first period. Now, was I lied to when somebody told me that Calgary was pronounced Calgary in Canada? I don't know, man. I uh, I have lived my entire life in Texas. I don't know how stuff is pronounced in Canada. Yeah. You they might, Canadian. I've always thought Calgary. Speaking of songs, um, what's that song? I Will Follow You Into the Dark by Death Cab for Cutie. Uh-huh. You and me have seen everything to see from Bangkok to Calgary. So I've always thought they were the Calgary Flames, but it wouldn't surprise me if a bunch of Canadians called it Calgary. I only know Calgary from um, Cool Runnings. Sanka, what you smoking? I'm not smoking. I'm breathing. You lost me. You like Cool Runnings? I guess not. I watched that movie so much. <laughs> my VHS tape broke. VHS. <laughs> yeah. Long time ago. Sanka, you dead, man. My uh, my fantasy football group, rhythm. group Feel text is blowing up. Because <laughs> one of the guys, what the happened? commissioner, is a, a Suns fan. Oh. It's all series. Every time the Mavs lose, we... Add the number of games, you know, Mavs and four, Mavs and five, Mavs and six. And he said, Sons and five, dot, 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 years. And then somebody responded, CPO and three. <laughs> that is rough, man. Shout out to uh, Ben Golan. Hope he's doing okay. He's like the only Suns yeah, fan I know. All right. And he's getting hammered on tech Twitter right now. Yeah. He was a little, he invited that upon himself just a little bit, yes, maybe. Yes, he did. So, in those opening two games, he certainly did. That's okay. Okay. Um, any final thoughts, Rob? No, man. Tight baseball. Good. Still good. I love the mentality of this team. There's a lot of, you know, they are, they're very much on Twitter. And there was a lot of like tech baseball is back type sentiments. And there's a lot of responses in the vein of we're still here. We, we never, never left. left. Yeah. So I think we were right about this team being quite a bit mentally stronger than some of the fans panicking watching this team. And that was nice to see manifested in the win column three times this weekend in Stillwater. Go buy our merch, Gambling Gaucho's merch at Cardinals. We've got beautiful rope hats, nice t-shirts. You can also shop Texas Tech merch, LCU, local high school collections. Love it, Matadors. Lubbock Matadors. You need a kit, a scarf. If you don't have season seats yet for the Matadors, there are only five home games left, and you've got an opportunity to pay witness to uh, bear witness to the first winning streak and first home win in Lubbock Matadors franchise history on Saturday. So, LubbockMatadors.com if you need your season seats. Gear up at Cardinals. What's up? You going this weekend? I think. So, do you want to give away two tickets? If we can, yeah. Okay. We'll, we'll figure that out. But if you want two tickets, reach out to us. Yep. In between now and our next podcast, we'll figure out how to give those away. Yes. Join on Patreon. $5 a month. Very doable. 
will provide that much value and more. And until then, we'll be back midweek to kind of preview the OU series and uh, talk whatever else is going on in the world of Texas Tech. Rob, do you love the people? I love the people, man. Me too. Love y'all.